Hey guys, it is Jason again with Whatsoever is True. Welcome in. Welcome to the podcast. This is Jason Cole, your host. And we're going to be covering the easiest way to prove the existence of God. The easiest way for you to know that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's Lord over everything. Now, I, and I, I cover some of this. If you, if, you, if you don't know, I'm an author. And uh, you can find my books on Amazon. And uh, I've got a couple of things in fiction. In particular, Wild Justice which is a kind of like an apologetics book. So it's got a great, hopefully I think, I think it's a great story on, on apologetics. And, and then I've got another book, Undefeated, which is, is about the loss of, of, of beauty and truth in, in our culture. And it's a critique of modern America, of the crass commercialism and, and the lack of character. And so it's not as explicitly Christian as Wild Justice is. And yeah, you know, once again, it's on Christian themes. So you can go check those out if you if you like. But you know, today's subject, I want I wanted to get into how always in this in this podcast, I'm presuming the word of the Lord is true. Now, and that's the easiest way for us to prove that it's true. Now, I know it's going to catch you by surprise here, but the easiest way to understand this, and this is what I, I pointed out in Wild Justice in particular, is that the minute you say notice something. Let's say, for example, that you're sitting there and you're hearing me and you go, no, that's not true, dude. You, you, you don't have any proof for it. I want you to understand something that's very interesting is that Romans chapter 1 says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness in men who, by their unrighteousness, suppress the truth. For what can be known about God has been made plain to them ever since creation into things that have been made. So... There without excuse, and then it goes on to say, you know, that we exchange the truth for a lie because we're 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 denying the obvious. We're denying that God is God, so therefore we refuse to give thanks to Him, and we exchange the glory of God for images resembling birds and animals and reptiles and all that stuff. In other words, we become idolatrous. So those are principles of what of what's going of what's going on in this human condition. And then at the end of chapter one, after running through the consequences of this. The consequences of what happens in sin that God gives us over to, you know, to do really what ought not to be done and so forth. It says, though they know God's decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but they give approval to those who practice them. And then Romans 2 is picking this up and it says, okay, so here's something to consider is that do you presume in the richness of of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. So, again, the Bible is making a clear case that you're without excuse because you already know God through the things that have been made. You look at nature, and, and the most atheist or pantheistic person that I know loves nature. When they take vacations, they go to the beach, or they go to the mountains, they love hiking, because God's divine nature and eternal power are clearly perceived. You know it's not an accident, and you know it's personal. Okay, well then, let's get more to the point here, is that God shows no partiality. So everybody knows this. Ready for when Gentiles who do not have the law, this is Romans 2, starting in verse 14, by nature do what the law requires, they are a law to themselves, even though they do not have the law. In other words, you know the moral law. You're always judging things as right or wrong yes or no, that kind of thing. You're always doing it. Even though you don't have the direct revelation from God, that's what that's, what that's referencing. Even though you're not reading the Bible every day, you know that right and wrong exist. And so, 
to the law to themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the work of the law is written on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness, and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even accuse them. Okay, now let's unpack that, shall we? That's, the, that's the, really the scripture text for this message. The minute you say, well, no, that's not true, you've already said that truth exists. I'm going to go slow because this is a huge point. You already admit that truth exists. Now, I'm going to stop for a second and ask you what worldview, what philosophy makes sense of that. As a Christian, I'm telling you boldly that only Christianity, if you're a Christian, can you be consistent in your life. Everything else falls apart. It's inconsistent. It has to borrow from Christianity in order to make sense of the facts of reality. We might refer to that as the laws of intelligibility. I could, that's a more fancy way of saying it. But in other words, if you're not a Christian, you're going to be inconsistent. So, when you say, well, that's not true. So you just admitted that truth exists, okay? So what is truth? If you are a scientific materialist, you cannot answer that question. That means you believe everything is matter and motion, right? So what is it? Is truth, what, so what is truth? Is it not matter? Where is it? Is it behind Saturn? Is it under Pluto? Is it, where is it? It's not a particular thing. It's that way, because when you say, well, God, the critique is, well, tell me something else that's timeless, immaterial, spaceless, whatever. You mean like truth or the laws of logic, right? You, so we're already doing that. That's why, that's why the Bible's saying that unbelief is foolishness because it's repressing the obvious for you to even make sense of the fact that you say something's right or wrong is indicative of the fact, as Romans 2, 14 and 15 just said, that it, that's showing that the works of the law are written on your heart. You know truth exists. So if you're a scientific materialist, no good. Uh, if you say a pantheist, let's say you're a pantheist, and I'm, pantheism is pantheism, pantheism, or all God. That means God is in everything, right? That's what a lot of people like to fall back to. It's all good. Man, it's all love, dude, that kind of thing, right? And I don't mean to make fun of it, but, I, but we need to understand the gravity of this situation. This isn't something like you like pizza and I like, and I like lasagna, or you, know, you like the Red Sox and I like the Yankees, and bitter though those dissensions are. <laughs> I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is this isn't a matter of fashion or culture. This is a matter of life or death. So when you say all is God, and then you say something's right or wrong, you've just contradicted yourself. That's what I mean. It falls apart and it's inconsistent. You cannot be a consistent pantheist or scientific materialist. Because if truth exists, that means error exists. Truth is exclusive. Everyone is an absolutist. What I mean by that is that everyone admits that something has to be wrong. Only Christianity explains why there's truth and it's immaterial because God is an attribute of God. God is immaterial. Why is there error or why is wrong exist? It's because man has unhooked himself from God. He has rebelled. In other words, which is what the, the Bible said. For, for man is repressing the truth and refusing to acknowledge God. So they're without excuse. It's not like there's, there's, there's no evidence. That's what you want to hear. If you're not a believer, you're going, well, there's not enough evidence, man. There's not enough evidence. The very fact that you're saying there's not enough evidence goes to show you that you're admitting that truth exists. Right? It's immaterial. How do you account for that? Right there. How do you account for that? That's point number one. How do you account for that? Truth exists. It, 
And it's out there somewhere. It's, where is it? What is it? It's immaterial. Only Christianity makes sense of it. If you're not a Christian, you and you're you're either going to be a scientific materialist or you're going to be some kind of pantheist. Now we'll get into some of the other, uh, you know, other religions, and so on. But you got to remember, most of the other religions are polytheistic. They're ba basically pantheistic. That means uh, once again, poly, many, uh, pan, all. What 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 I'm saying is that if all is God then when you say no to something, you've just said there's right and wrong. It's either or. If you say, well, it's not either or, it's both and. You just said it's either or or both and. So you're stuck with this? Now, I know this can get kind of heady and you can be driving along if you're listening to this driving or jogging or whatever you're doing. You go, whoa, okay, wait a minute. This is getting kind of tough. I understand that, but you don't need a, a degree in anything to figure that one out. The minute you say yes or no, you've just said truth exists and it matters. This is the second point. It exists and it matters. All right, point number two is meaning. The minute you say yes or no, you just said truth exists and point number two, and this is the big one, it matters. So Christianity tells you that truth is God. It's an attribute of God. God is personal. God has created you in his image. He created you in his image, you right now. He created you. He called you into existence. You didn't exist. He calls into existence that which doesn't exist, and you were one part of that. And he created you for fellowship with him, to have a real relationship with him. And so all of your cares and your desires and your dreams and your hurts, right, and your sorrows, all of those mean something. God wants to have a real relationship with you. Now, maybe you've had a terrible upbringing. Maybe your family was bad, or maybe maybe you've known bad Christians. And I know I talk to a lot of people, and they have had bad experiences with Christians who were terrible people. Let's just be frank about that. And that's another story for another day. But that does not mean that God is like that, right? I mean, there are bad people. There's bad basketball players. That doesn't mean there's no Michael Jordan, right? There's bad boxers and bad MMA fighters. That doesn't mean that there wasn't Sugar Leonard or Mike Tyson, right? There's, there's bad everything. Real Christianity is, is, is Christ-likeness. It's, it's Jesus Christ, and Jesus loves you. All day long, he holds out his hands to a disobedient and contrary people. That's incredible, right? That is incredible. You have a loving God that, that pursues you. You're not pursuing him. You're running from him. And so when you say that truth exists... And, that, and you say yes or no, that means that you know your life has meaning, that your ideas have meaning. The only thing that accounts for that is if God is at the bottom of it. He's the foundation of it. If Once again, if you're a scientific materialist, what does a tree matter? Right? What is some brute fact, as Cornelius Van Til would talk about, brute factuality? What does brute fact mean? I mean, what do we mean by that? It's like this, something's true, but it doesn't mean anything. It's just true. Right? So who cares? I mean, think about this for just a second right now. When you think, does your life have meaning? Just ask yourself this question right now. Does your life have meaning? And if you think to yourself as a non-Christian, if, if non as a Christian, you say, of course it does. God created me and, I have, and God knows me. And, God and Christ died for me on the cross. And my friend, listen to this. He died for you too. So if you don't believe that, then why does your life matter? Because your mom, your mom knows you, somebody knows you, well, then you're going to be dead. There was a time you didn't exist at all. And there's going to be a time when you're dead. And then there's going to be a time when the people that remember you are going to be dead. And so, well, you know, really, I mean, come on. What, what does that mean? That just means what? You're just gone. Think about that for a second. That means ultimately nothing you do matters. 
And so if you want to be cavalier and go, well, okay, yeah, sure, fine. Okay, nothing really matters. Yeah, well, you know you're not consistent with that or else you wouldn't have said no. If it didn't matter, you wouldn't have bothered to say no. This is how I'm proving to you that God is God and Jesus Christ is Lord and he loves you and he died for your sins to repent and turn to him. So this isn't some abstract philosophical argument. This is brass tacks getting right down to you and your future. You want to live your entire life without acknowledging that God is God? You'll pay the consequences. I don't know people say, don't tell people the bad news. Oh, don't, don't try to scare them into heaven. I'm not trying to scare them. I'm telling you the truth. If that, that kids can be scary, right? The same reason I tell, tell my son when he was a kid, don't play in traffic. Well, I'm telling you, don't live without Jesus Christ because if you die without him, and you're going you're gonna to go to judgment. Now, once again, you say, oh, I don't believe that. Again, we're back to the truth exists and it matters. What makes sense of that? If you're a pantheist, nothing really matters because it's all is one. And you contradict that the minute you say yes or no. Now you're saying there's duality in the world. Why? I'll repeat it again because it has to be repeated. Christianity makes sense for why there's truth, why it's personal, why there's truth and falsehood. Right? Every other worldview ends up in gross contradiction and cannot fulfill these basic issues, which is how you can know this. Anytime somebody says anything and, and uh, they're saying this is true and something else is false. Every time you say anything and it matters to persons or else I wouldn't say it. If you're a real atheist, you, you're under this, this the biggest ruse of all time, man. It's the biggest ruse of all time is that you're walking around saying nothing ultimately matters, but then you're constantly pretending that it does, that it does always. You say, well, you don't, don't hit me with this whole concept of hell because I don't want to serve a God that has to scare people into loving him. Don't, you mean that's wrong? Think about what you just said. You just made a moral proclamation that it's right or wrong. That goes back to Romans 2, right, that I just read to you. Okay, for, for when you don't, you're doing things and saying things, you're accusing or excusing. That's the Bible's way of saying you already know that there's a moral law. And for there to be a moral law, there must be a moral law giver. And it has to be personal. There can't be abstract truth. That's not possible because we're personal or our personhood is an illusion. And so everything that you do, it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. And you don't see anyone live consistent with that, with that at all. You think your child doesn't matter? You think your, your, the object of your, of your affections, they, they don't matter? If somebody betrayed you, that didn't matter? That didn't hurt? Those, no, Christianity tells you those are real. Those are real. I mean, Buddhism comes back and it says, well, let's, how, do, how do we get rid of suffering? And then it says, well, because we have desire. Well, let's get rid of desire then. But the problem with that is that now you have the desire to get rid of desire. So you're stuck in this constant feedback loop. So that's why I said that it's inconsistent. Only Christianity gives you logical consistency. You probably haven't heard that before. Because, you know, the enemies of Christianity want to constantly tell you, well, it's just about mindless faith, man. It's just about anti-science mindlessness. And that's, that's, again... You, so you're saying truth exists, it matters to persons, right? Truth exists, it's immaterial, it's out there somewhere, and it matters to persons. And it has moral authority, which is now the third third part. It matters to persons, so it, it has a moral weight to it. It's authoritative. Truth is authoritative, or else we wouldn't bother arguing. Okay, this is the third point. The first point is, the minute somebody says no, or yes or no to something, they've just said truth exists, it's immaterial. It's not me, not you. Nobody says, thus said Jason. I am the truth. <laughs> well, at least not, at least not 
in outside of your house, right? Uh, but you would recognize that person as a terrible tyrant. You know that they're not the source of truth, right? And then and then you get to, of course, the second point. And then now, you know, of course, now we've moved on from the truth exists and it matters to persons that it's meaningful. Because if that's not true, then everything's meaningless. But you won't live like that. You know you won't live like that. And the minute you say, well, nothing matters anyway, that's a, that's, that's a terrible lie. And, and, and you, you, you get up, you eat, you take care of yourself, and, and you want happiness and joy, all of those things, because you know you matter. Because the, the, the law of the Lord is, as, as, as I just read to you, it's written on your heart. That's exactly what the Bible says. By nature and knowing it in your heart, your conscience. Okay, so number, number three is, again, that's authoritative, or else you'd never bother. Notice the people who are the most uh, strident against Christianity are some of the most moral people in the world. And I'm, what, I'm, what I mean by that is go back to the, the scripture that uh, and their conflicting hearts either accuse or ex- and even excuse them. They're constantly using moral arguments. That's what I mean. They're constantly in their moral meddlers. This is right. This is wrong. You got, can't say this word. Got to say that word. Right? Right now in the world, we're, we're bickering over, over certain pronouns. Or is it right to, to right now with, uh, and I'm going through COVID-19 lockdowns, and they're talking about wearing a mask. Is it right or wrong? It's a moral question. Everything, since this is God's universe and God is a God of truth and, and righteousness, righteousness, you can hear that as saying moral, everything we do is moral. It's either right or wrong. See, again, that makes sense. Christianity makes sense of that. If you're a scientific materialist and you say, well, you, I don't believe that. I, I believe in science. So you're saying that's right and wrong? You're saying that's moral? Once again, truth exists. It matters to persons and it's moral. Truth is moral. Okay? Truth exists, it's meaningful, it's moral. Those are the three big things that to prove to you that the Bible is the word of the Lord and there's nowhere else to go. Nothing else makes sense of this simple thing that we're just doing. This little simple exercise we're having right now proves to you that without God, you have nowhere else to go. Everything, everything descends into a complete chaos. There's no intellectual consistency. You just have to keep walking through your life and pretending. So if you're hearing this and you're going, you, you know what? It, I can't make sense of life. And so then you either go into skepticism, which means, well, oh, you know, there is no real truth. Nobody can really know anything or bitterness. And so you probably have some friends and you, you see these guys on social media and they just they mock and they scoff and they make little snide comments. And that passes as worldly wisdom. The book of Proverbs is replete with it, is full of it full of admonitions against the scoffer. Psalm 1, blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, and so forth. Mockers and scoffers are those people saying, I don't know the truth because I'm, I'm repressing it. So therefore, no one can know it. So I'm going to make fun of it. That's all they do. That's all they're good for. Okay, that's all they're good for. So if that's you, and you're thinking, there's something wrong with that. There is. Because the truth can be known. Now, one last thing, and, I'll, and, and then, we'll, then we'll wrap this up. People will say, well, are you Christians? You think you know everything. And pe- that's why they're going to get mad at you because they are tormented by the fact that they don't. And they can't because you can't make sense of life without, without assuming God. That's what it says, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You cannot make sense of anything unless you start from the premise, God created everything. Okay? You can't make sense of things. If, 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 if Jesus Christ isn't Lord, you're, you're, as I just proved, the first words out of your mouth are going to be contradictory. You go, nope. Okay, truth matters. It's meaningful. It's moral. Explain that. 
Well, I don't have to. Again, values just said once again that truth, truth is right. It, it's there. There's truth. It's meaningful. It's personal. Not an impersonal God, but a personal God. Right? And it's moral. It has authoritative weight to it. That's exactly what I mean in terms of doing that. So don't please just keep going, all right, well, I'm just going to make fun of that or whatever. And that's what scoffers and mockers do because they're mad. That's why they're mad because they're, they know the they know the word of the Lord. That's what Romans 1 and 2 just proved. That's what it's just stated. So the people that are running through life going, well, there's not any evidence for God. You just proved that you know God and you're oppressing it. You have to, you have to, you have to lie to yourself and say, hey, you know what? <laughs> Everything came from nothing. That's, that's completely irrational. Everything came from nothing. So, well, well, okay, well, who created God? Well, I'd like to do another podcast on just that. God, God is eternal. Now, that's not a contradiction. It's a mystery. It is. It's a mystery. And it's a wonderful mystery. It's a beautiful mystery. God is eternal. He's uncaused. There's no logical contradiction in that. So Christians are inherently rational. Atheists are inherently irrational because they're demanding rationality when at the bottom of everything they say is complete irrationality. Everything came from nothing. Right? That's what they're saying. So that's the whole point of this. The exercise, once again, is the minute somebody says no, to wrap this up, the minute somebody says yes or no to something, the minute they say anything that's moral, or they say anything, they say, well, everybody deserves health care, or it's not fair to blah, 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 or everybody should wear a mask, or whatever it is they say. What they say is that truth exists, it's meaningful and personal, that's number two, and number three is that it's authoritative, it's got moral weight. The only thing that makes sense of that is Jesus Christ being the way, the truth, and the life. Everything else falls apart under even the most basic scrutiny. That's what I said. If you're a scientific materialist and you don't believe in Christianity and you believe everything is matter and motion, matter in motion, time and space, how do you account for those three things? Even if you could account for truth, how do you account for it being personal? If what is ultimate, and this in this case, the, the Christian is saying it's Jesus Christ, is not personal, then you don't matter. And if you don't matter, what we're saying right now doesn't matter. And your objections don't matter. And so this minute you say no, you're violating the very bottom, the tenet, the, the, the basic principle of your entire worldview, which is that nothing matters. And so the minute an atheist puts up an argument, they've lost the argument. Because now they have to account for, well, why would I make an argument? Nothing matters. Right? It's, it's, it's self-defeating. It's necessarily false. It has to be false. Right? Absolutely. So therefore... This is how you can have peace. And, and that's why apologetics is important. Again, for the wrap-up, the apologetics is important, not just to shoot down bad arguments that are rearing their head against Christianity and trying to, to uh, keep people in captivity of the irrationality of unbelief. And yes, I said that. Unbelief is irrational. You cannot be consistent and you cannot be logical. You cannot be fully rational if you're not a Christian. Right? As Cornelius Van Til would say, the mathematician, of course, the atheist can count. He just can't account for why he can count. I'm not saying that atheists can't know something truly. I'm just saying he can't know it with wisdom. He knows things in brute factuality. Obviously, atheists know things and they can be very educated and intelligent, but they can't have wisdom. Ultimately, they have to stand on Christian principles to get that knowledge. 
but they have to violate their own basic premise to get that information. They have to stand on God's truth, okay? Which leads to the last thing, and this is the beautiful thing about it. As a Christian, good apologetics is a wonderful way to shoot, to, to really shoot holes in the argumentation that the devil will bring to you to try to take away and sap your confidence. We've all been there in life where we kind of lost confidence. I want you to know, my dear listener, I want you to know that Jesus Christ is Lord and he's not up there wringing his hands going, oh man, I hope they don't ask me that question. <laughs> Remember, read, read him in the Gospels. He's never hiding from questions and they're doing everything they can to trick him. Everything they can to trip him up. And what does he do? Everybody walks away. They actually sent people to arrest him, the temple guards, and they come back and say, hey, uh, where is he? Are you supposed to arrest him? Well, no one ever talked like that guy. <laughs> You don't need to be afraid, Christian. Jesus Christ is truth. And that's one of the big things I want to do with whatsoever is true. I want to make sure that you understand that and you live boldly before an unbelieving world. And so you let people know in love and truth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that will that will resonate. And so therefore, you will have that confidence. You will have that peace. You won't be worried. Oh my goodness, I really hope there's not some kind of fact out there somewhere you know, hiding behind Pluto that's going to obliterate my worldview. No. No, a thousand times no. So I'm kind of over time. I like to try to keep this around 20 to 25 minutes. And I'm a little bit over. But uh, I hope, I, I just love the subject. And I hope you do too. I mean, I hope, if you've listened this long, you do. And uh, anyway, let me let me know if you have any questions, and you can find me on, on, on our blog. It's whatservicetrue.com, and of course, on, on this podcast. And you can check me out on Amazon, Jason Coral, and I've got some books I'd recommend if you want to get more in apologetics. It's Wild Justice. It's a long one. It's a long one. And if you think I talk a lot, you know, wait till you see that, that book. I think it's a couple, you know, 400 pages. But anyway, <laughs> that was a bad sales job, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> I didn't do too well in marketing. Uh, anyway, that's not the point. Hope you guys have a great day. I hope this was edifying and it, it, and it brings glory to Jesus Christ.